Good evening, everyone. This is Brother Brennan coming to you live from Fort Smith, Arkansas, with another Fishers of Men Bible study. And it is good to be here this evening. I'd like to welcome all those who will be tuning in to tonight's Bible study. And uh, tonight we're going to be going into Matthew chapter 13. And uh, we're not going to be going through the whole chapter. We might take a couple parts and talk about, um, you know, we might do like one or two parts or three parts to this, um, and two or three parts to this thing, because uh, it is it is actually pretty large. So we won't get through all of it today, but we will get through uh, some of it this evening. And it is good to be back with you. Uh, it is good to be back with you. Um, this week, um, I just want to apologize, uh, that I haven't been, uh, the last couple weeks I need some time off. Um, I've just been very, I was just really overwhelmed with stress and just a whole bunch of other, just a lot of things at once. And it's just, I could not really concentrate all that well. So, um, I needed just to take a couple, couple weeks off. And it was refreshing uh, being able to focus on the word and prayer and, um, you know, just being able to focus on those things and focus on God and focus on, on some other things. Amen. So uh, I, I appreciate you all bearing with me um, and uh, do pray for me um, and my ministry and pray that God would just use these videos in a mighty way and uh, do pray for uh, Brother Joey uh, you know, he needs, he could, he, uh, do, he does actually appreciate prayer when you guys pray for him. So pray for him on that. Um, <clears throat> and, um, so yes. Um, anyways, uh, also want to let you all know, um, this week is actually my last week at AutoZone. Um, I will be leaving AutoZone and starting one week from today, I will actually be at Crane Kia. Um, I'll be I'll be working with them and um, I will be full time there. And I'm gonna be uh, I'm gonna be pretty much what I'm doing now, just maybe a little bit higher pay and just some other responsibilities as well. Um, so you you pre all pray for me on that, okay? And um, I'll, I'll, I'll 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 just I just want to say that you know um, I loved uh, my co I love my coworkers, loved being in AutoZone, um, just great people that I worked with, and uh, but you know it's just God had just just showed me that it was time to leave. And so this week's a little bit harder on me because it's I've been at the, I've been at that company for over three years, and uh, I've worked with some really good people, and uh, so it's it's hard having to leave a company after three years over three years I should say. So you all pray for me on that, all right? And uh, you pray for my ministry. Um, I'll pray for me as well with having consistency. Um, I do apologize for the inconsistencies that I may have. I may have had throughout like just week after week and um, really I'm trying to really just trying to just have uh, a set time to what I can do things um, and um, 
I was doing like Sundays and Tuesdays, but I just kind of wondered maybe Sundays and Friday nights would be a better, uh, better thing for me. Um, if you can't watch, it's fine. Um, Y'all can kind of catch it after I'm done with with the preaching and stuff. Uh, but I think maybe uh, like Tuesdays and Fridays, I think I'm going to try to aim, uh, try to aim to be doing that. Uh, because it's just, it's, it's just a little bit harder for me to do it on Sundays, primarily because if I, if I, let's say if I do preach at my church and stuff like that, um, you know, obviously I don't do videos when I, you know, on Sundays and sometimes Sundays I get just so worn out from the week. I just want to come home from church and just read my Bible and just rest. Um, so I, I think that maybe, uh, I'll probably just do, do it like Tuesdays and Fridays because uh, Friday nights, typically, uh, I will be home for the week. I mean, I'll be, you know, I'll be home. I don't have to work the next day. So, so pray for me on that. And uh, just want to thank you all for those who have been patient with me. And I appreciate you guys. You guys are the reason why I do what I do. Okay. So, um, so yeah. Uh, <clears throat> here's what I want to do. Um, we are going to go ahead and start with our, uh, if you guys have got your Bibles, turn with me to Matthew chapter 13, uh, Matthew chapter 13, and, uh, we're going to start in verse one. I don't know how far I'm going to get to tonight, uh, so be patient with me and, uh, you know, y'all be patient with me and, um, we'll go from there. Okay. Um, I may have to do some jumping around because we have a, a parable coming up and we have kind of like that meaning of that parable. And so I may just sort of jump around a little bit. So bear with me. If not, you know, um, we'll, we'll try to get through mu as much of this as we can. And, uh, I don't know. I think, I think I'll probably just end up just doing through verse 23 because we've got a lot, we, there's a lot of things that Jesus mentions and teaches. And so we will um, be able to just focus on this one. Okay. So y'all bear with me. Uh, hang on. Cause my laptop needs to be plugged in and away we go. Okay, so if you have your Bibles, Matthew chapter 13, and we'll start in verse 1, and we'll kind of go through here, all right? <clears throat> okay, um, so we're probably going to go through verses 1 through 23, but let's start in verse 1. It says, and it says, The same day went Jesus out of the house and sat by the seaside, and great multitudes were gathered together unto him, so that he went into a ship and sat... And the whole multitude stood on the shore. And he spake many things unto them in parables, saying, Behold, a sower went out, went forth to sow. And when he sowed, some seeds fell by the wayside, and the fowls came, came and devoured them up. Some fell on stony places, where they had not much earth, and forthwith they sprang up, because they had no deepness of earth. And when the sun was up, they were scourged. And because they had no roots, they withered away. Some fell among thorns. And the thorns sprang up and choked them. But other 
fell into good ground and brought forth some an hundredfold, some sixtyfold, and some thirtyfold. Who hath, who hath ears to hear, let him hear. Now, I just want to point something out here. Because this is something we're going to be really touching on right now. And uh, we're going to be getting into eventually what the meaning of this parable is. Okay? So the first, what do we have to notice of this particular parable? Well, number one is that we notice that there are four kinds of ground. Okay? We've got, you know, some seed, which is, you know, sort of, it just went to the wayside. Okay, the fowls came and, and ate them up. Okay, you've got the stony places. Okay, the stony hearts, the hardness of heart. You got stony places. Okay, you've got places where there's thorns and thistles. You got thorns. Okay, and then you've got those on good ground. Okay, so you got four types of ground here. You got the wayside, you got the stony, you got the thorns, and you got the good. Now, anytime that you see a pattern of four, okay, you'll notice that God uses numbers. And anytime that you see the number four, there's usually a new, there's usually a pattern with that. Okay, you got three of them that are similar, if not the same, and then you got one that's different. Okay, for an example. You got the Gospels, Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John, okay? Matthew, Mark, and Luke is known as the synoptic Gospels, meaning that they're written very similar, but just different accounts, but they're written very similar, okay? John is the one that's written a little bit different, okay? And so we see this number four in this parable. There are four types of ground. Three of these are very similar, and one's different, okay? And so, three of these grounds are are a picture, and, 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 and God is showing us that three of these grounds are people who are not saved. But the fourth one, the good ground, are those that are saved. Okay? So you got three of these grounds that are not saved, and then you got then you got one that is saved. Okay, the good ground. Now we see here, and as we will see throughout this uh, through this parable, that we're going to see that this seed is the word of God. Okay, the seed is the word of God. Okay, and the the. These these grounds is is also it's it deals with the heart. Okay, it deals with the heart. Why? Because God said in His Word that He would write His law in our hearts, right? In their heart. Um. Let's see here. I gotta find it first. Um, let's put. Let's see here. Let's put uh, right in there. 
to put right in. Um, that's not it either. Uh, let's do see fleshly tables. Um, I can't find it. Y'all just bear with me, all right? Hang on a second. I, and I'm trying to find the, the actual verse here that talks about that. Um, okay, here, here we go. I found it. Jeremiah chapter 31, verse 33. It says, But this shall be the covenant that I will make with the house of Israel. After those days, saith the Lord, I will put my law in their inward, in, inward parts and write it in their hearts, and will be their God, and they shall be my people. So you see that. God has put his law in our hearts. Okay? In our hearts. Now, you've got people, you've got people that are just flat out hard-hearted. You've got people that just don't want to hear the word of God. You know, they say they do this and they they're, they they do that. And, they're, and a lot of these people are just so stiff-necked and hard-hearted and they don't want anything to do with God. Okay? So, um... <clears throat> But we see that the covenant, you know, God makes is that he will write his law in our hearts. Okay. Now, let's talk about fruit. Okay. We need to talk about fruit. Um, I appreciate y'all being patient with me. Um, but let's talk about fruit. Okay. So. As per fruit, I want you to I want you guys to keep this in mind as we go through this parable. Okay? Now it says in Matthew chapter 3, verse 10, it says, And now also the axe is laid onto the root of the trees. Therefore every tree which bringeth not forth good fruit is hewn down and cast into the fire. Did you guys get that? This is why I'm saying that these that three of these grounds are not saved. Because they don't bring good fruit. And God says in his word that any tree that does not bring good fruit will be hewn down and cast into the fire, which is hell. Okay? Which is hell. Now... Um, Jesus says in Matthew chapter 7, verse 18, A good tree cannot bring forth evil fruit, neither can a corrupt tree bring forth good fruit. So either A, you are a good tree that brings forth good fruit, or you are a corrupt tree that brings forth corrupt fruit. You cannot have it vice versa. Amen? Um... Luke chapter 6, verse 44. For every tree is known by his own fruit. For of thorns men do not gather figs, nor of bramble bush gather they grapes. Amen. Um, let's see here.
John chapter 15, verse 2. It says, Every branch in me that beareth not fruit, he taketh away, and every branch that beareth fruit, he purgeth it, that it may bring forth more fruit. In verse 4 of John 15, it says, Abide in me, and I in you, as the branch cannot bear fruit of its own, of itself, except ye abide in the vine, no more can ye except ye abide in me. In verse 5, it says, I am the vine, ye are the branches. He that abideth in me, and I in him, the same bringeth forth much fruit, for without me ye can do nothing. Did you get that? Without Christ, you can do nothing. Now, let's go up and let's examine these, let's examine these grounds for a little bit. <clears throat> okay, now, in verse 4, starting in verse 4. Some fell upon stony places where they had not much earth, and forthwith, uh, actually, hang on a second, let's, that's not where I'm supposed to go. I'm sorry. Verse 4. It says, and when he sowed, some seeds fell by the wayside, and the fowls came up and devoured them. Now, let me tell you something. This ground is not saved. Do you know why? Because the word of God fell among the waysides, and the, the, the fowls, which are a picture and type of devils, came and ate it up. Now, what would this person be? This person would be as if you were to give this person a tract. Okay, you give them a gospel tract. And all they do with it is they take it and then they eventually throw it away. They throw it away in the trash, never to be heard or seen again. That's what this person is. A person who just takes a tract and throws it in the trash doesn't even look at it, and doesn't even read it. So we see that uh, that a gospel tract of, of this could be just fallen off by the wayside. And if and by the way, if seed is fallen off by the wayside and devils come and eat it up, there is no fruit. Why? Because number one, it's not planted in the ground, it's not watered, it's not anything of that sort. So therefore, this person does not have any fruit. And because this person has no fruit, this is talking about an unsaved person. So therefore, this that fell by the wayside are people who don't care about the word and they don't get saved. They're not going to get saved. Because the devils will come, and, come and, eat, and eat it up. And there is no planting. Because it's off to the wayside. Alright. Now. Some fell upon stony places. Where they had not much earth. And forthwith they sprang up. Because they had no deepness of earth. This. Is talking, this could be talking about, or the, the way I see it, is this talking about a person that has a hard heart, a stony heart, a hard heart. And because of that hard heart, there is no, there is no root. Okay, because there is no deepness of earth where that could take to take root. 
Why? Because it's a stony place. You don't just take a seed and you put it in a stony place and expect it to be a flower. It doesn't work that way. There are no nutrients. For a seed to grow, there needs to be sun. There needs to be water. There needs to be nutrients and soil. Good, fertile soil. But with a, with a hard heart, you don't get that. Okay, now, in Mark chapter 16, verse 14, it says, Afterward, he appeared unto the eleven as they sat at meat, and upbraided them for their unbelief and hardness of heart, because they believed not them which had seen him after he was risen. And, some t and, and don't get me wrong, a person who has a hard heart um, can get saved. But it's going to take a lot of plowing to get through that. Amen. Now, um, let's do this way. Harden heart. Oops, I I put I put her. It's supposed to be hard. Harden. Okay. Think about Pharaoh. Okay. God hardened Pharaoh's heart. And he did it for his destruction. Okay. Uh, we see here Exodus 14, 17. It says, I beheld. I will harden the hearts of the Egyptians and they shall follow them. And I will get me honor upon Pharaoh and upon all his hosts, upon his chariots and upon his horsemen. You see, Pharaoh never believed. He was so hard-hearted, he wouldn't change. And that led to his destruction. And let me tell you something. A hardened heart will lead you to destruction. Okay, 1 Samuel chapter 6, verse 6. Wherefore then do ye harden your hearts as the Egyptians and Pharaoh hardened their hearts? When he had wrought, wrought wonderfully among them, did they, not, did they not let the people go and they departed? And Psalm 95, verse 8. It's as hard not your heart as in the provocation and as in the day of temptation in the wilderness. Again, Hebrews chapter 3, verse 8. Harden not your heart as in the provocation and the day of temptation in the wilderness. And in Hebrews 3, 15, it says, While it is said, Today, if ye will hear his voice, harden not your hearts as in the provocation. Hebrews chapter 4, verse 7. Again, he, limited, he limiteth a certain day, saying in David, Today, after so long a time, as it is said, Today, if you will hear his voice, harden not your heart. The Bible says that these things were written for our learning. And Pharaoh's hardened heart led him to destruction. So you see that there was no fruit in Pharaoh. He was lost. Pharaoh died and went to hell because he hardened his heart against God. 
And so you see that some fell on stony places. And because there's not much earth and not much nutrients, when the sun came up, they were scorched and withered away. Why? Because they had no root. Listen, folks, if you don't have root in your heart, if the word of God has no root in your heart, you will not bear fruit. If you're, if you don't have, if that, if the word of God has no root in your life, you will not produce fruit. Why? Because Jesus said it was only in him that you can bear fruit. And those who harden their heart, if they don't repent and get right, they will be led to destruction. It says in verse 6, And when the sun was up, they were scourged, and because they had no root, they withered away, which means there is no fruit. So we see that the stony places, a person with a hard heart is not saved. Because there is no root. Now, it says, And some fell among thorns, and the thorns sprung up and choked them. You know, this seems to be the kind of people... Actually, let's continue reading on. Oh no, that's that's it. Um, so the cares of this world, okay, will choke. Okay, will choke out the word. Making it unfruitful. Okay, Matthew chapter 13, verse 22. We're, we're going to be getting into this here, okay? But Matthew chapter 13, verse 22, it says, He that receives seed among the thorns is he that heareth the word, and the care of this world, and the deceitfulness of riches choke the word, and becometh unfruitful. Listen, folks, if you have no fruit, if you don't have the good fruit of Jesus Christ, and you don't bear that fruit, you are not saved. Why? Because the only way you can produce good fruit is only through Jesus Christ. And only through Jesus Christ can you produce good fruit. Let me tell you something. You got these people that say, that will hear the word of God. But the cares of this world choke out the... You know, this is the kind of people that will have one foot in the world and one foot in God. They hear God's word and yet the cares of this world choke out the fruit, making it unfruitful. So let me ask you a question. Is that group saved? Nope. Because, and why are they not saved? They're not saved because the things of this world choke the fruit out. Making that person become unfruitful. 
Now, um, woo, I'm getting excited. Uh, let's see. And Matthew and John, not Matthew, but John chapter 15, verse 19, it says, If ye were of the world, the world will love his own, but because ye are not of the world, but I have chosen you out of the world, therefore the world hateth you. So you understand that you are not to entangle yourself with the affairs of this world. You are to be separate. Why? Because the things of this world will choke out the fruit and making you unfruitful. You cannot have one foot in the world and one foot in God. It doesn't work that way. You're either of the you're either of God or you are of, you are of this world. Simple as that. You cannot have one foot in the world and one foot in God. You're either all for God or you're all for the world. Now, um, hold your spot there, and I want you to turn to Romans chapter 12. Romans chapter 12. It says, I beseech you, therefore, brethren, by the mercies of God, that you present your bodies as a living sacrifice, wholly acceptable unto God, which is your reasonable service. And be not conformed to this world, but be ye transformed by the renewing of your mind, that ye may prove what is that good and acceptable and perfect will of God. Did you get that? Do not be conformed to the ways of this world. Don't have one foot in the world and one foot in God. Amen. Now, um, let's see here. Be not entangled. Okay. Galatians chapter 5 verse 1. Stand fast therefore in the liberty wherewith Christ hath made us free. And be not entangled again with the yoke of bondage. You see this world has nothing to offer you but bondage. Do you think you can be part of the world and yet still go to heaven? No. You got to be separate. Sanctification is being separate from sin onto God, being separate from the world onto the service of God. That's what sanctification is. You cannot have one foot in God and one foot in the world. Don't be a Joel Osteen, people. Folks, don't be a Joel Osteen. Joel Osteen, he, he'll quote-unquote teach the word of God, which he really doesn't. 
but then he'll tell people uh, to their face that they can have their best life now. Are you kidding me? You got heretics like that 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 um, really make, you know, he basically causes his, his whole congregation to be unfruitful. Do you think his whole congregation is going to heaven? No. They're so concerned about materialistic things. They're so concerned about having the best life now. Let me tell you something. Your best life ain't now. I think people just need to get over that fact and start living life as it is. And oh, by the way, if we're supposed to be having our best life now, how is it that we're struggling with this economy? Everybody but the rich. Just saying. You see here in verse 22 of, of Matthew 13, it says, it says the cares of this world and the deceitfulness of riches choke the word and becometh unfruitful. So we see that if you become unfruitful, you cannot be saved if you become unfruitful. Because you have no fruit. To be unfruitful means you have no fruit. And even if you did have fruit, you'd have some pretty rotten fruit. Just saying. So if you become unfruitful, that means you're not in Christ. And if you're not in Christ, how can then you be saved? Because it's only through Christ that... We bear fruit. It is through Christ that we can be saved. There is no other name from under heaven which we can be saved. There's only one name in which you can be saved, and that is the name of Jesus Christ. Without Christ, you cannot bear good fruit. You cannot get saved. Without Christ, we are all sinners on our way to a devil's hell. So we see that there is no fruit with this ground because of the world comes up the world has thorns the by the way you know what thorns are a curse do you know what this world offers you cursing who are you going to choose life or death oops the world? Oh, here we go. Life or death, people. Oops, let's see. Blessing or blessing and cursing. Deuteronomy chapter 30, verse 19. I call heaven and earth to record this day against you that I have set before you life and death, blessing and cursing. Therefore, choose life that both thou and thy seed may live. Why would you want to choose cursing and think that you're going to heaven? You know what cursing is going to do? This world is a curse. And all this world's going to do is choke out the word and have you unfruitful. Choose Christ. Amen. Choose Christ. Because he'll set you free. Amen. Amen. He will set you free. 
Um, okay, let's continue on. But other fell on good ground and brought forth fruit, some an hundredfold, some sixtyfold, some thirtyfold. You see, when and, and, and when you see that the when you have seeds planted in a good ground, a good soiled ground, it will spring up and become fruitful. Why? Because there is no rocks, there is no beast that will eat it up, there is no hardness of heart. This heart is a pliable heart, a heart that is willing to be pliable, to be teachable, to be learnable. Do you have a teachable heart? Do you have a learnable heart? Do you have a heart that that is filled with nutrients to give and feed that seed? Think about that. Think about this. Where does the word of God Where where does Jesus come? Where does Jesus reside? In your heart. What did Jesus say? He said that he's the vine, we are the branches. You guys get it? We are the branches, he is the vine. Christ lives within our heart. And he produces that fruit. The question I have is Christ in your heart, are you bearing good fruit? You know how you're bearing fruit? You know how you bear fruit? Turn with me to Galatians 5.22. 5.22. Hold your spot. Hold your spot in Matthew. Hold your spot in Matthew. But turn with me to Galatians. Um, Colossians. Where's Galatians? Okay. Galatians. Galatians chapter 5, verse 22. But the fruit of the Spirit... Is love, joy, peace, long-suffering, gentleness, goodness, faith, meekness, temperance. How many is that? That's nine. You know why? Because nine is the number for fruit-bearing. Galatians chapter 5, verse 22 to 23, there's nine things mentioned in there that is the fruit of the Spirit. If you're not, if you're not bearing any of all that fruit at all, then you're not saved because you're not bearing any of that fruit. Now, either... Let me say this. Either you're not saved or you just got born again and that work is going in you. 
But if you're truly born again, you will have these fruits. At least one. Think about that. Nine is the number for fruit bearing because why? It takes nine months for a child to be, to grow in the womb. Amen. And that child is known as the fruit of the womb. Think about that. So nine is the number for fruit bearing. Who hath ears to hear, let him hear. And the disciples came and said unto him, Why speakest thou unto them in parables? He answered and said unto them, Because it is given unto you to know the mysteries of the kingdom of heaven, but to them it is not given. For whosoever hath to him shall be given, and he shall have more abundance. But whoever hath not from him shall be taken away, even that he hath. Therefore I, I speak to them in parables, because they are seeing, because they seeing see not, and hearing they hear not, neither do they understand. And in them is fulfilled the prophecy of Isaiah, which saith, By hearing ye shall hear, and shall not understand, and seeing ye shall see, and shall not perceive. For this people's heart is waxed gross, and their heart, their, and, their, and their ears are dull of hearing, and their eyes they have closed, lest any time they should see with their eyes, and hear with their ears, and should understand with their heart, and should be converted, and I shall heal them. Do you get that? That they may understand with what? Their heart. But blessed are your eyes, for they see, and your, and, your, and your ears, for they hear. For verily I say unto you that many prophets and righteous men have desired to see those things which ye see, and have not seen, have not seen them. And to hear these things which ye hear, and have not heard them. Hear ye therefore the parable of the sower. Okay, we're getting into what this parable means. And we won't spend too much time because I think I covered a good portion of that right now. Uh, just a few minutes ago, okay? So bear with me. So it says, When anyone heareth the word of the kingdom, and understandeth it not, then cometh the wicked one, and catcheth away that which was sown in, their, in his heart. This is he which received seed by the wayside. Let me read that again. When anyone heareth the word of the kingdom and understandeth it not, then cometh the wicked one and catcheth away that which was sown in his heart. This is he that which received the seed by the wayside. So when you've got people that hear the word of God and they don't they don't understand it. Okay, they don't understand it. That's, that's what those are. And the wicked one is Satan and his devils. Verse 20. But he that received the seed into stony places, 
The same is he that re that heareth the word and anon with joy receiveth it. Yet hath he not rooted himself, but doeth for a while. For when tribulation or persecution ariseth because of the because of the word, by and by he is offended. So when you got people with stone with a stony heart. They'll listen to the word. They'll be happy for it and joyful. But again, when persecution comes, they don't. They don't last. No, when per when tribulation comes, they decide to back off. They decide to drop out and not be a Christian. Think about it. You got these Christians that have one foot in the world and one foot in God, and you get these Christians that that, that do that. That they they you know they either get they get chastened or something happens, and they say, "Well, I don't want that." They get offended. It's like when when you got someone who claims to be a Christian, he's got one foot in God and one foot in the world, and when you chasten him and correct him, he don't like it. So he stops his ears and goes about whatever he wants to do. They get offended by what you say. You know how you know how it's interesting how you get these quote unquote quote Christians that you'll speak the word and all of a sudden, oh, well, you can't say that. You can't say this. You can't say that. You're loving. You're not loving. You're a bigot. You're hateful. Jesus wouldn't do that. Listen, folks. Let me tell you something. If I tell, if I say that a group of people are a bunch of snakes, or if, if I say something that's truthful towards like Catholicism or something and you get these people that say, well, you, you got to be more loving like that. Christ wouldn't do that. Really? Christ called the Pharisees a bunch of vipers. Does that make sense? You get all these Christians that go and say, well, I don't like that. Jesus wouldn't do that. Really? I say the word of God and you get offended? You claim to know Christ and I speak the word and you get offended by that? Have I become your enemy because I tell you the truth? I'm just saying, folks, they're out there. And that's what you get when you've got people with hard hearts. They only endure for a while, but when tribulation comes or persecution, you know, or when the word of God comes, they get offended. In verse 22, and we've already covered this, so we'll kind of go by it here. 
It says, He also that received seed among the thorns is he that heareth the word, and the care of this world, and the deceitfulness of riches choke the word, and he becometh unfruitful. I think it's self-explanatory. I don't need to explain myself there because that's pretty self-explanatory. We've already kind of went over that. Last verse, and we're going to be done for tonight, and then, uh, Lord willing, next week we will pick up on verse 24. Verse 23, it says this, But he that receives seed into the good ground is he that heareth the word and understandeth it, which also beareth fruit and bringeth forth some an hundredfold, some sixty, some thirty. So those who hear the word of God, if you bring it into your hearts and you hear it and you understand, you understand it. These things, it will help bear fruit in your life. Now, given there are a lot of, un there are things that we just don't understand. And that's okay. There's things that we're probably not meant to understand. Now, is that a contradiction? No. But when you take a look at like salvation and who Christ is, you ought to be able to understand that and have that in your heart. Amen. When you hear the word and understandeth it, it beareth fruit and bringeth forth some. There's some that's 100, some 60, some, it doesn't matter which of those three categories you're in. If, you're, if you are in Christ and you are bearing fruit, you are saved. By the way, who helps you understand the, understand the scriptures? It's the Holy Ghost. Amen. It is the Holy Ghost of God that helps you to understand the scriptures. It's the Holy Ghost of God that helps you to understand the scriptures. John chapter 14, verse 26. But the Comforter, which is the Holy Ghost, whom the Father will send in my name, he should teach you all things and bring all things to your remembrance whatsoever I have, whatsoever I have said unto you. John chapter 15, verse 26. It says, But when the Comforter is come, whom I will send unto you from the Father, even the Spirit of truth, which proceedeth from the Father, he shall testify of me. Amen. John chapter 16, verse 20, uh, not 23. John chapter 16, verse 13. 
John 16, 13. Howbeit, when he, the Spirit of truth, has come, he will guide you into all truth, for he shall not speak of himself, but whatsoever he shall hear, that shall he speak, and he will shew you things to come. Amen. It is the Holy Ghost that will help you understand the Word of God. Why? Because that is the only thing that He speaks. The Holy Ghost will not speak of Himself, but He will speak of what Jesus taught you in His Word. And He will bring things to your remembrance. He will. He will bring all things to your remembrance. Amen. The Holy Ghost is a comforter. That he is. Um, that's actually all I got for tonight. Um... That's all I got. Uh, like I said, Lord willing, uh, we will get into Matthew chapter 20, uh, not 24. It'll be Matthew chapter 13, verse 24. Okay. So we'll get into uh, verse 24. And uh, who knows? We may finish it. We may not. I don't know. I guess we'll find out, won't we? So uh, verse 24, Matthew 13 is Lord willing, we will get into that next time. Now, I just want to say this and make this very simple for all those who are watching. There's only one way you can get saved, and that is through Jesus Christ. There is no other way for you to be saved. You cannot be saved by your good works. You cannot be saved apart from Christ. You cannot be saved upon what the world is doing. You cannot be saved upon any of that. The only way you can get saved is by accepting Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior. And the only way you will be able to do that is when the Holy Ghost convicts you of your sins and brings you to Christ. When the Holy Ghost convicts you of your sins and when you fall down and you repent of your sin and you accept Christ, that is how you get saved. You cannot get saved willy-nilly and I'll get saved tomorrow. And I'll... Listen, if the Holy Ghost is pricking your heart, He is working in your heart, He's convicting you of your sins, do not neglect that. Call upon the name of the Lord. Ask Him to save you and He will. Amen? He will. But it's only through Jesus Christ that you can get saved. Today is the day of salvation. Tomorrow may be too, too late. Whosoever shall call upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. If you confess with your mouth and believe in your heart that Jesus Christ is who he says he is and that God raised him from the dead, you'll be saved. Amen. Salvation is very easy. But the question is, will you yield to the conviction of the Holy Ghost? Because the only way you're going to get saved is by the Holy Ghost convicting you and you repenting of your sin and crying out and asking the Lord to save you. You cannot be saved apart from conviction. It's through the conviction of the Holy Ghost. And the Holy Ghost bringing you to Christ that you can get saved. Amen. So, listen, I know that was a really, uh, I don't know how long I went. Let's see how long. Oh, wow, 50, 55 minutes.
cool. Praise the Lord. Um, so I hope you guys got something of this. I'm not trying to be mean, but I have to preach the whole counsel of God. I cannot neglect some things and preach more on different things. I have to preach the whole counsel of God. Amen. So I hope this was a blessing to you. I hope you guys will get something from this, that you will feed on this. I hope that there would be changed lives as a result of this. Amen. So I hope, <clears throat> excuse me. So I hope you guys were blessed by this. Amen. I hope you were blessed. Anyways, but um, like I said, um, I'm going to try to see if I can do something Tuesdays and Fridays. Uh, please be in prayer for me. Be in prayer for my ministry. Pray that God will take this and do with it as he wills. Amen. And pray for this video. Pray that it um, will be a blessing to others and hopefully that someone may get saved as a result of this. Amen. Um, just want to say, just feel free to share this as the Holy Ghost directs and uh I just pray that whoever's watching this will get something from this. Amen. So anyways, um, I love you guys. God bless you. You guys have a great evening. Have a blessed evening. And uh, we'll see you all next week. All right. God bless you guys. See ya. Love you. Bye.